This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life. With Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. That's Weird Al Yankovic with I'm Fat, which is a parody of Michael Jackson's bad good one lines. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, Gary. Yeah, as you will have guessed, today's show is about weight loss, and I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is the Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlela. Welcome to you, Lions. Thank you, Gary, and Dumela to our podcasters and everybody who's listening to us right now. Can you believe that song has had 40 million views on YouTube? I can imagine. I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the burp, I think we added on. So it doesn't come with the burp, but we burped it. <laughs> so, Lionel, it's no secret that uh, we in South Africa are a nation of fatties. Mm-hmm. And a high percentage of South African women are overweight, as we often see. And there are big boops in men, which is very common. Some say the reason could be that we eat too much pop and flace. Yum, yum, yum. Shisanyama. Shisanyama, when I tell you. Yeah. Hey, it's the part, it's part of life, I guess. It's a part of our South African culture. Across, yeah, across, across all cultures, I guess. Met Ace. Yeah. yeah. That was Ria LaRue and Fikey, Pop and Flace. It's uh, a, a remix of Poker Face. Oh, yeah. Which is quite funny, isn't no, it? That's brilliant. On a more serious note, uh, each day more than. Probably a thousand people die of health conditions that are caused by severe obesity lines, which is quite sad. Oh, it's shocking. It's very, very much shocking. Our two guests in studio today have lost a fortune of weight, and we're going to hear all about it. They've had weight loss surgery. Wow. And uh, one, uh, Tessa, has lost uh, probably close to, or Leslie Ann has lost 50 Ks and, and still counts. Sure. And Tess has lost over a hundred Ks at some Jeez. point. Jeez. I think she's no, she's not counting anymore. I think she's done. Wow. That's remarkable, Gary. Yeah. Let's introduce them both. Tessa Castle. Welcome to you, Tessa. Thank you, Gary. Lionel. Yeah. And Leslie Ann Bennett. Hello, Gary. Lovely to be here. Thank They're you. both very prominent women in the South African business community. We'll talk about what they do a little later. Lion, do you want to give our Twitter handle? Oh, yes. It, at Hetzlaw, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. You can always just give us any topic that you would like us to talk about. We'll find somebody who's a specialist within that particular area to unpack your discomfort or dis-ease with regard to a topic. 
Yeah, our Facebook page, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. Then our partner in uh, on this one, Legal Talk South Africa. They now have 178,000 members. Jeez. No, they, that, that, uh, yeah. that relationship is constantly growing. Well done to you, Gary. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this podcast of this today's show will be pinned right at the top of their page. So the 178,000 members, I'm sure will love to listen to this one. Oh no, certainly, because I think this is a serious problem that the whole South Africa is facing, um, and we are facing it as a whole. And when it comes to this whole sugar tax that is actually taking place right now, it's a debate worth having. Yeah, true. Tessa Castle, at your highest weight, you weighed in as in boxing parlance, 146 kilograms. A true heavyweight. Mark Tyson would be scared. (laughs) What is your height? (laughs) Uh, I'm about four foot naught. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm 161 uh, centimeters, so that's one meter 61. So I'm quite short. Yeah, that's. The, I mean, when did you at school? What were you like? No, I was. I was an athletic kid. I was a great teenager. Wore size 32 to my matric farewell. Uh, I I had no problem with weight. I've never until my late 20s. Okay, so as a child, you were cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Although there is a photograph of me with uh, big black letters on a white T-shirt that says fats, and I hadn't even learned how to walk, and I had chubby legs. So I suppose it was predestined that I would actually um, become a big fatty. Let's talk a bit about life. Uh, you've had weight loss surgery. It's no secret. And your picture, or your before and after picture has been splashed all over the place. So every, everyone's going to listen to this show and see what you looked like and what you look like now. I mean, I've known you for many years and you look absolutely stunning. And uh, lines, uh, you, you don't know Tessa from before, but... No, she's her. amazing. And hairstyle is just <laughs> out of this world. Beautiful hairstyle you've got to say. Thank you, Lionel. You're so sweet. Oh, Gary, thank you. You're buttering me up. Tess, uh, we're going to talk to both of you, Leslie Ann as well, but let's just ask you, what was life like before the op when you realized that you were getting fatter and fatter and, in fact, obese? Well, um, it became an issue when I had to travel especially uh, on airplanes because I'd be sitting in the middle seat and there would be no seat next to me and then I would see this fit, buff, bodybuilding, gorgeous, divine Hollywood movie actor coming down the aisle and he would realize, oh dear God, there's a Buddha-like bitch next to me and she's (laughs) spilling over into my seat and what the f am I going to do? And you get that look. You get that look like, oh dear God, what the fuck have I just done? I've booked a seat next to Buddha and, and it would be absolutely intimidating and it would be soul destroying. Um, I had a flight once uh, where I was seated right behind business class and needed a seatbelt extender. But sadly, that aircraft did not have a seatbelt extender. I couldn't do the seatbelt up. So they wanted to kick me off the flight because if you don't have a seatbelt for CAA regulations, they won't let you fly. Mm. So it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Being a fatty was no fun at all, except the amount of food that you can get in. So... You married, and you've been married for many years, haven't you? Yes. To the same man, Philip. Yes. Okay. What did your husband, when he married you, were you thin or fat? No, I was. A, I, I clocked in at about 116, and he is myopic, so he obviously didn't see that. <laughs> so we walked down the aisle. Well, when I came down the aisle in my blue wedding dress, I think he just thought to himself, oh, shit, 
I've paid for this wedding. I'm going to have to go through with it. But I looked like a swamp donkey. So, yeah, the same man. And I was, I was fat for a majority of, of the time that I've been married to him. Did he ever complain about it? Did he ever say, Tess, you know, you're getting, you're getting a bit fatter by the day and you better take care of yourself? Or? When it came for me to apply for income protection, um, that's when the, that's when he realized that it was serious because the comorbidities were unbelievable. I was a type 2 diabetic. I had cholesterol. I had high blood pressure, mm. polycystic ovarian syndrome. So obviously we couldn't have kids. Otherwise you were well. No, I was well. There was no problem. Absolutely no. So he, he, he obviously kept quiet about it. Shame. He's sweet like that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't him who prompted you or pushed you into having weight loss surgery, was it? No, not at all. No. What, what was it? Is there like a point where you reach, you say, I'm done. I have to change my life. What was that breaking point for you? I had a rock bottom, but a serious rock bottom. I came home one evening and uh, late from work, he was in the bath. And you know, as married couples do, they want to connect with each other. And um, he was lying in the bath and I thought, well, I'm going to ask him about his day, shame, you know, just like be the, be the attentive wife. And I put the cover of the toilet seat down and I was going to sit on the toilet seat next to the bath and I sat on the toilet seat cover and within about a minute, it shattered into about 10 oh. pieces. <laughs> Sorry. It, the shards, the shards were, were serious, were so seriously sharp that I had like, um, you know, back passage problems. A prick up my bum. Absolutely. So, so that was my breaking point because that happened in front of four dogs, one cat and a husband. How the hell do you, 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 how do you come back from that? He didn't ask you to bath with him, did you? Good Lord, I couldn't fit in the bath, Gary. <laughs> with or without him? With or without. There was absolutely no way. I used to displace the water and flood the house when I got in. So, Tess, what you should do stand-up comedy. What was it like when socializing before your weight loss surgery? Did you go out eating a lot? And, you know, what was life all about? Well, socializing was hard because I would obviously, you know, get the the, the disapproving looks, but... Going to black tie functions for me was excruciating. Donna Claire does not do fat chick cocktail dresses. So there was no dress. It was tensoras and it was always flat shoes and I looked shocking. It was, it was terrible and everyone else looked like a, a, a supermodel. Did you pile into the buffet as well? Climbed into the start, well, the canapes first. I would like make sure that I had a, like a full, like a full drive through of canapes. Mm. I'd have the starters. I'd eat my main. I'd eat Phil's main, my husband's main. I'd have the dessert. By the time we left, I'd be so ravenous. I'd make him take me through <laughs> to a 24 hour drive through. Um, shame the dollhouse or McDonald's and I would load up on Grays again and I just, I would hoover it in over and over and over. And then of course there was the night eating. Mm-hmm. So the night eating was a three o'clock, like full Monty. Mm-hmm. So it just was constant. So t- you reached a point where you were how much overweight? Is it a hundred kilos? Is it as much as that? Well, no, it's about ninety kilos overweight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's that's that really yeah. is obese, isn't it? Yeah, is that w- termed obese. Yeah, well, I mean, I could be a tarted prop for the Springboks. <laughs> yeah, Liz. 
you sitting very quietly. Tell us a bit about what got you. I mean, what was your 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 height? What, first of all, your height, and then your weight at its worst. Yeah. Okay, so my height is uh, one point six seven, which is um, a little bit taller than Tessa, and my highest weight was one hundred and twenty six point four kilograms. Um, I was fairly fortunate in that I didn't look as big as I weighed um, because I'm quite a muscular girl. I used to do a lot of dancing in my in my youth. Um, so I kind of carried my weight and it sort of suited me in a way to, I felt like to be taken seriously as a, as a, as a businesswoman, I needed to be, you know, quite, uh, quite strong looking and, and forthcoming in terms of my appearance. So it kind of suited me in a way. Um, and, um, yeah, and that's how it started. I started gaining weight at university. I was slim. Yeah. I was very slim. Um, very slim at university. I came to Johannesburg in 1987, I think. Um, and then I just slowly started picking up weight. Mm. Um, I got married in 2001 mm. and I was about 10 kilos heavier than I am now. So I certainly wasn't big and obese, mm. but I did kind of carry my weight and people got used to seeing me that size. And I mean, I saw someone last night and he said to me, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. If you weren't with your your best friend of 25 years, whom he knows, he said, I wouldn't have known it was you. Mm. So um, he said, oh, are you unwell? So I said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, very well. I'm exceptionally well. Never been, never been weller in my life. Les, there are a lot of women and men that are overweight, okay? Mm. And people don't take – first of all, we're going to talk about the cost of weight loss surgery and all mm. the rest. So many people are saying, how do I get thin? I, I also want to look great. Is, is 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 weight loss surgery the only option? Well, I want to tell you that most things come pretty easily to me. Um, I don't have to try too hard to do things. But the one thing I never conquered was losing weight. I just mm. simply could not get the better of it. What is it? Is it your metabolism? Was it your you had no restraint? What, what, um, what stops you? No. I mean, you're both beautiful women, and 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 fair, relatively young. What stops you from losing the weight? I guess I didn't really want to, actually. Mm. Um, I wasn't in, you've got to be in the right place to want to lose weight. Food is your best friend, I guess, and that's your, that was your whole life. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a big mm. loss when you have the surgery and, uh, from one day to the next, your best friend is gone and you will never ever eat like that again. Yeah, we're going to talk it's about how you felt yeah, post surgery. Mm, yeah. Uh, Tess, what about you? I mean, to, to, to the many, many people listening to the show that are overweight, is this the only option? Surgery? Well, I'm going to say yes. If you have a significant amount of weight to lose and your BMI is in excess of 40. Mm. So it, it is definitely the only way because significant weight loss is not sustainable. So if you have a BMI that is elevated and you have tried all means and measures, I think it is the only way for sustained and, and true weight loss. Did you try every diet under the sun? Um, I have a study in which I have a bookshelf of shelf help books because they've been on the shelf and I've never actually <laughs> read them. Uh-huh. But every conceivable diet under the sun, I have done it. I'm a, I have a PhD in it. I have mm. really, but it's never, ever, ever been sustainable. Mm. Counting points on Weight Watchers is soul destroying. So, yeah, so many women may feel, and I say women because you're both women, 
may feel they're quite happy being a little overweight. They're loved by their husbands. They're accepted by their friends. So the hell what? You know, at what point does one say, you know, enough's enough? We, you know, to people listening, what's the answer? Well, I guess when it becomes unmanageable, mm-hmm. where it affects all spheres of your life, because, you know, what we do, what Les and I do for a living is I see employees that are grossly overweight, who fall asleep at their desks, who break chairs, who it affects your performance. And because of your comorbidities, like high blood pressure, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, you're obviously going to be off more. Mm. And, and that the cost of that is prohibitive. So mm. fix the weight loss and you won't have to do all of the other stuff. Has your... Has your uh, your business improved since you've thinned down and you are looking sprightly and young, younger? Yes, I tell you why. Because mm. it's the perception. Mm. The perception that my clients used to hold is that, oh dear God, fat chicks are lazy. We can't give her anything to do because she's not going to be productive. She won't be able to do it. And you know what? It's not visually appealing. However, after weight loss surgery, that perception has changed. Mm. And that I found so sad because I haven't changed. My productivity and my knowledge hasn't changed. Mm. But the perception my clients hold now has changed. Well, there's certainly eye candy now. People (laughs) look at you and they say, you're nice to look at. We want you around more often. So I guess you get you get to get more clients as a result of this. Mm, No, I'm not a (laughs) prostitute. But yes, I suppose that could be true. Yeah. Let's talk about the various options that are open and the various kinds of surgery, do you know them offhand? I do. Mm. Um, there are four types of weight loss surgery. So one is the lap band, or, or it, it's a little rubber band that is put around the stomach, which slowly over time, saline solution is injected into it, which constricts the band. There's no major surgery. It doesn't alter your anatomy. Mm. The lap band is... Um, some surgeons say that it's a it's a nice to have because the cost is good and the recovery time is fantastic. However, I'm not blown away by the results. I find them quite unimpressive. Um, how much cheaper? Let's let's talk about your surgery, then we'll consider all the others. Okay, so let's use the analogy of cars. Oh, yes. Okay, so the lap band is the Fiat Uno mm-hmm. of surgery. Then comes the gastric sleeve. The gastric sleeve um, physically. What it does is it reduces the size of the stomach by about 80% and you're left with a stomach that looks like a banana. Is, is something cut away or is it just... Yes, you're, in fact, what they do is they staple your stomach. In, oh. Well, in a, in, a, in, a, in a gastric sleeve, they actually remove the stomach because you're never going to use it again and you're left with the, with the banana. But it also doesn't alter its restrictive surgery as opposed to a combination of surgeries that we had. Mm. So it restricts the amount of food you can take in at any given time that is on a scale of one to ten in terms of one the lowest difficulty and the ten the highest difficulty uh, that would be a number two and if we're looking at the car analogy, it's the Toyota Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> I like the practical aspect of yeah. it. Then there's the the Roux-en-Y, which is the gastric bypass, which is mm. predominantly um, the most um, common of the weight loss surgeries. This one is where the 
duodenum, which is the part of your intestine, is bypassed, and a little pouch is made the size of a large egg or a nachi, and that's used with staples and sutures. Then the part of the intestine is then by, is is then is then surgically um, is surgically stuck to the little pouch that is created. Now, this is restrictive surgery in that you can't eat a lot, but it's also called malabsorptive surgery, whereas some of the intestine is bypassed so that your absorption of food is dramatically reduced. Mm -hmm. And it's the absorption of food that causes the being overweight. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if we're looking at that on a scale of 1 to 10 of the difficulty, this is a number 5. It is done laparoscopically, which is not open surgery. Your recovery time is is within two weeks you're done. Mm. Three days you're out of hospital. And this is the Mercedes-Benz of surgery. Is this yours? Yes. Oh. Oh, Yes. Okay, this is the one you had. Yes. Now, what does this mean that when there's there's a limit to the amount of food that your body can hold because it's been cut away or explain it in very simple terms. Well, when, when you sit down and have a meal yeah. and there's a hamburger in front of you, yeah. how much of that hamburger can you eat? Well, in the beginning, uh, probably a quarter of that hamburger. Mm. and With chips or without? Oh, no, dear God. No chips. No chips. No chips. No. Oh, you mm. can't even stomach yeah. chips. Chips that's, are over. Yeah. That's like eating sawdust. You just can't do it. You're incapable of doing it. However, yeah. I do have a friend whose first solid meal was mashing up Steers chips. And she had this operation. Unfortunately, it's not a success for her, though, sadly. But... Um, well, because she mashed up chips. Well, she ma- well, that was her first solid meal. I mean, mm. your first solid meal should be mashed potato and mince, very, very saucy, because of your stomach is swollen. But mm. after, three months after recovery, you, you just cannot physically tolerate it. There's no space to put it. So it's, it's, it's impossible. Mm. But a quarter of a hamburger, however, those little hamburgers at McDonald's, those kiddies ones, you can probably do a half of that. But then, I mean, I used to have that and stuff it in the side of my cheeks and then (laughs) get another one and stuff that in the other side of the cheeks. Okay, so right now… Well, you, you, how many years post the operation? Uh, In July, it'll be five. Okay. Mm. Is, has it got better? Can you consume more now or is it the same as it was post op, immediately post op? No, it unfortunately mm. hasn't gotten better. Mm. Um, but that's a great thing. I struggle to eat a small side plate of food at any given time. Are you hungry? Do you walk around hungry like we do? Or? No, because oh. the gastric bypass works on something called ghrelin, which is a hormone that your body secretes. Mm. And ghrelin is your hormone that signals you're hungry. You know the rumble in the tummy? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I need to eat. So that's ghrelin. And the bypass affects the secretion of the ghrelin. So sometimes you are not even hungry and you must force yourself to eat because that that just disappears. Mm-hmm. It disappears. But if I've gone for 10 or 11 hours without eating, obviously I'm going to feel a bit peckish. But th- that's just taken away. That compulsion biologically is taken away. Let's ask Les a few questions. We're going to come back. Oh, there is the fourth one, the fourth one. Oh, Maybe tell us about that okay, one. Then we're going to talk to Les. Okay, yeah. so that's the biliopancreatic 
um, procedure called the BPD. Is this commonly done, the last one? That well, we... no. It's hmm. done in 2 to 3% of cases, but hmm. in patients that have a BMI in excess of 50. These are people that, you know, there's the TLC program called My 600 Pound yeah. Life. Yeah. Uh, these are people that are strapped to a bed that can't Yeah, move. these yeah. are people that can't move. Can't I mean, yeah. these are people that can't even wash themselves. Sure. This surgery is the Porsche of surgeries and, of course, comes with a Porsche cost, but it's done open surgery mm. and uh, the recovery time is six to eight weeks and this is this is the ideal but um will only be done in cases like that oh. les what prompted you to have surgery um was there one breaking point or was it a combination well, actually of it was my sister who prompted me to have surgery mm. um she lives in singapore and she's she's a, a very good looking girl and um her and tessa were best friends at university and shared the same room for 6 years shame tess um <laughs> and bottom line is she said to me have you seen what tessa looks like on facebook it was i was in singapore about 3 years ago anyway and so that was the prompt of it and so i came back i got off the plane i went straight to the doctor and I said, this is me. Um, I'd like to know about the surgery. Um, what prompted me, I just felt it was time. I was actually sick of being overweight. Mm. And I thought it was it was time for a, a lifestyle change. You and your husband split before the surgery. And that, yeah. was, that was a hardship for you and your family, I'm sure. Certainly. Always um, is, yeah. Divorce and gastric bypass surgery often go together. Afterwards or before? Both. I mean, yeah. almost every person that I speak to, also the doctors, the the, the doctors' um, assistant said to me, you know, divorce and gastric bypass surgery are very common. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a whole host of issues. Sometimes it's convenient for men, for women to be overweight, because then they're not really a threat. You know, that you walk down the street and no one really looks at you. Mm. Um, whereas once once you're attractive, I mean, I can just my whole life has changed in terms of the way people respond to me. Mm. Um, not so much in business, but certainly from a social point of view. So yeah, I was sick of being fat. I I wasn't miserable or terribly unhappy, but I wasn't terribly happy either. Mm. Um, I could fit into the air, <laughs> into the chair on the aeroplane, but it was a squeeze. Mm. So um, yeah, I worked a little bit harder so I could fly business class because I actually didn't fit so well into that economy class seat. <laughs> that is the truth. And now you know now I actually you, look are you forward. still flying business class? <laughs> no, 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 oh. no. Now we're flying economy, so we can okay. shop more. By the way, I've become a complete. Shopaholic. Oh, I like that. Uh, How yeah. I mean, isn't it marvelous to walk into a shop and just take stuff off I the rack? I yeah. could never. I used to shop at Donna Claire. God bless them, and thank you very much for all those wonderful years of looking so revolting. But I could, <laughs> I could never walk into a normal shop and and buy um, a pair of pants. Oh. And I've lost five. I've dropped five. Yeah, five sizes in terms of clothes. Wow. And I'm a size 12 now, and I'm, you know, a fairly tall girl, and I'm just normal. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, as far as the way pe- people deal with you, from a client point of view, I never had a problem because I, I think, I, yeah, I didn't have a problem. They didn't think that I was fat and lazy. They, they, they knew that I wasn't lazy. However, I can say that having lost close to 50 kilos – has has greatly improved my focus in business, and I would say my business has improved by at least twenty five percent. I'm in my office at six o'clock in the morning. I can't wait to wake up in the morning. I think, what am I going to wear today? Um, you know what I'm saying. Whereas before, it was like the same old uniform, same stuff. You know, the baggy jacket and the long top and the flat shoes, etc. 
So, do yeah. people do some people accuse you both of taking the easy way out? Oh, absolutely. They and say, I mean, this is a cop out. You and know, go is, on diet like everyone else no. and kill yourself in the process. Uh, the odd person. First of all, people either respond very positively, and I've had I probably have no less than three to four compliments a day. You look so fantastic. Mm. But there are some people who are actually quite jealous. They actually don't want oh, you. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. Particularly women. I don't know if you found that test. Mm, especially women. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Like someone whom I know quite well said to me the other day, I never thought the day would come that you would wear clothes that are smaller than mine. Mm. Um, yeah, I know this is supposed to be my friend here. Yeah. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Um, yeah, so from a, from a psychological point of view, your whole energy changes. You just attract more positive things. Um, I mean, you know, I... I'm just over 50 and, uh, you know, I was on holiday last weekend. You know, I had this 35 year old pursuing me around the hotel. Um, so, uh, aha. Ooh, no, no. <laughs> so I said, no, no thanks. I'm, look, I'm looking house. for something. Yeah, I'm looking for something slightly younger, but thanks anyway. Um, anyway, so. Oh, Bottom line, what age are you live? <laughs> what age am I? If you want, if you uh, want yeah. to tell us. I'm 55. Okay. And you, Tess? I'm 45. Okay. Oh. And I went on a date um, a few weeks ago. Um, oh. It was it was a blind date. It was the first time I'd been out with him. And mm. the person who introduced us said, Leslie's very nice, but she's too young for me. So he said, how old do you think she is? He said, between 40 and 42. Mm. So I thought I'd well, keep him. Good. Yes. Right. Yeah. Anyway, but just from a psychological point of view. Is he the one that view, took you away for the weekend? No, 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 I took myself away. <laughs> no, Gary, not. You used to, what about those wonderful breakfasts that you used to pile into? I'm afraid those are the... At the palace, yeah. I know. Um, you, you see, yeah, contrary you, to Tess, I do, I kind of graze during the day. I have mm. got to have food available at all times, but it mm. has to be healthy. I used to love McDonald's. I can't even drive past there and smell it now. I actually cannot. I cannot, I just do not want to eat unhealthy food. How much can you consume at any one time, at, at a time? Um, okay, so our pouch is five by five, five centimeters by five centimeters. So literally a half a hamburger would be tops. Mm. But it also depends on what you eat. If you eat soft things like yogurts and mash and so on, that's easy. Does this pouch in your, is it a pouch in your stomach? Forgive my it's ignorance. Your, it's your stomach that's been stapled. Okay, can it expand or not? Um, no, not too much. I actually asked the doctor because you have you have a you have an annual um, gastroscopy, and I had mine a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, so no, essentially, it's not going to you know expand to ten by ten. But you simply cannot fit the food in. It's impossible. It's mm. absolutely impossible. Is it the same pouch forever? Yes. Yeah. You live with this test. Yes. Um, yeah. This surgery can be reversed. Yeah. Oh, okay. But then why would you want to? Mm. Well, if you if you have malnutrition, you may have to. Well, oh, yes, mm. I agree with you. Mm. But there is a, a protocol that needs to be followed. I mean, this yeah. is not the silver bullet. Let's not yeah. let's not uh, you know mislead the the listeners. It is not a silver bullet. Mm. It is only a tool. Um, there are people that I know who have managed to be able to eat huge amounts of food at any given time. The misconception is that your, your pouch doesn't stretch and it mm. doesn't, but your ability to take in high calorie, high fat mm. food, depends um, what you eat. it depends on what you eat and, and oh. people can do it. Let's, let's give the million dollar quest, answer to the question out. 
what does this cost? Otherwise, we'd all do it. And does the, <laughs> does the medical aid uh, contribute? Well, um, this, did. This, yeah. the center, my, my, five years ago, my medical aid did not. Mm. So they wouldn't contribute a cent. I needed mm. to give a declaration to, to my surgeon that I had uh, 250,000 rand available for the procedure. And of course, for any complications that may have arisen. Cheapest, yeah. But uh, I'm happy to say that uh, the majority of medical aides now have realised, from an actuarial point of view, that the surgery actually cost-wise benefits the medical aid. So the majority of su- uh, of medical aids do pay for it. Is Discovery paying for this? Yes, Discovery pays. In full, completely. No, about eighty percent. Oh, really? Um, oh. and what you can do is uh, the twenty percent that you you can't afford, there's a finance house who will be able to finance it in terms of a, um, a revolving credit plan, and you can take out mm. a loan for that. Mm. The surgery is expensive. Um, How much is it? Well, um, uh, mine, mine... Yours was five years ago? Yes. Les, yours was recent, two years ago. Yeah, less than two years ago. It was 280,000 rand two years ago, and I'm on Discovery, and they paid 80%, so I paid in... Um, I paid in about seventy thousand rand in the end because um, it could be cheaper than than diet uh, supplements and diet pills and all the rest. Yeah, I'd I'd like to pick up on your question about no. is this the easy way out? Yes, because I think that's an important question. Mm. Um, my surgery has been very successful, and and I think Tessa's has too, but there are a lot of people who are not successful at this. Um, and um, why? Well, first of all, they they do they do a psychometric test on you to see whether you actually have the ability to cope with this mind shift. Because remember, you're eating these huge platters of food down to this tiny little plate, and it's a huge mind shift. Mm. It took me about 12 12 to 18 months to be able to walk into a normal store and go to a normal pair of pants and not like veer off to Donna Claire. We're probably going to get a lawyer's letter from Donna Claire. I know, we will. Um, Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so it takes a long time to do the mind shift that you're not this big person anymore, that you're actually a normal person now. So it's not the easy way out at all. In fact, I think it actually takes a lot of courage. Mm. It's actually not the easy way out, and it's not for everybody either. Your yeah. lines, you. Yes, I just wanted to find out. In terms of exercising, can you go to the gym? You have to go to the gym, oh, Rano. Okay. And yeah. energy-wise, you still have the same energy. Have the same energy. I've got ten times more energy. Oh, that's great. And yeah. in terms of food, like grapes, you count like five uh, grapes. And well, you wouldn't have this. You wouldn't have grapes because they've got skin, and that takes. Space, so you'd rather have something without the skin. Wow. There's a question talking about skin. You've you've lost all this weight. What about your body skin? What happens to that? Well, can Does I it, comment yeah, on yeah, that? Please. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I had extreme excess skin, which is also a TLC program with fat people who lose significant amounts of weight. I looked like a stray dog that had had too many litters of puppies. I lost all of my breast tissue. My my tits dropped to under my belly button. My belly button dropped to under my ankles. I was slipping. I was tripping over my stomach because I had lost everything. Mm-hmm. So and when I got the okay from my surgeon um, to say, all right, now you can have plastic surgery, mm-hmm. I, I did my boobs and... And I, and I bought myself a beautiful set. In fact, no, sorry, Phil bought me a beautiful set. Phil is your husband. Yes, Phil yeah. is my husband. Well, I hope not yes. someone else's husband. Yeah. yeah no, my, uh, yeah. Um, 
we got a gorgeous set of boobs that I'd never had before and mm. I had my stomach done and in June I'm going to have my final surgery which is the inside of the thighs which looks like um a crumpled up newspaper <laughs> the skin hangs on the inside when when I'm tr- when I'm when I'm bent over Looking through my legs, you know, uh, and I see the skin that hangs off and, and my bingo wings with this, with this like loose chicken skin and, and, and what's underneath my, my chin. It's just, it's, it's shocking. It's terrible. It's not visually appealing at all and it affects my confidence. So plastic surgery is definitely something you may need to consider. Mm. They don't tell you what you're going to look like after the surgery. And that's the problem. Yeah. So, so is yeah. there anyone from the your doctor's medical field that you want to thank, or is that something you want to keep to yourselves? No, I'd certainly no. like to thank my doctor. I did a lot of research about who who does this this kind of stuff, and oh. um, uh, in fact, I was advised by someone who had it previously with his doctor, and his name is Doctor Skitter, um, and he's at uh, in Boxburg. Um, and he's been absolutely superb. So, so very professional and so caring. Mm-hmm. I was in hospital for three days. He came and saw me four times a day. Um, he's, he, they've just been absolutely amazing. And that level of care, I think, is very important because mm-hmm. this is a massive lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I went to a gentleman called Dr. Francois Kitter in, um, in Boxburg at the Netcare Hospital, and I must absolutely say thank you to him and his wonderful team. Cool. You, Tess? Well, um, you know you know when you buy a car, Les has bought a, um, a Cabriolet Merc, but I've decided to buy the 4x4. It's both a Merc, essentially, but different makes and models. I did a fortune of research, and when I realized that my medical aid was not going to pay for it, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to the best of the best. I consulted with the center uh, at Netcare Waterfall under Prof. Tess van der Merwe and Gary Fetter, mm. who incidentally has done over 2,000 bariatric surgeries. And if we're looking at other centers that are accredited, because you must be an accredited center with an international body, um, the closest that another center has gotten in terms of the number of surgeries is, is less than 400. So I looked at who was the professionals and who had done more of these surgeries with the least risk and the, and, and, and obviously I consulted with that team and I just want to say that that team has been unbelievable, but it is a team approach and you can't go to the doctor and have the surgery. Okay, cool. What about your your marriage, your your love life, your sex life? Has it got better? Has it got worse? What's happening there? How does your husband regard you? How are things? Well, um, let's talk about the most relevant, my sex life. Mm -hmm. Before, um, I could only lie on my back (laughs) and my boobs disappeared into my (laughs) armpits. so, So clearly he's not a boob man. Because they disappeared into my armpits because that's what happens when you're just overweight. Your tits just disappear into your armpits when you lie back. One good thing though was if I, if I managed to, to keep my legs in the air for long enough, they look better with the legs in the air than they did if I was standing up. 
Um, your stomach becomes a cushion if he's got bad knees. Then it becomes a cushion on which you can sort of, you know, like a beach ball, just float over and over. But, Rock. but, but I wasn't into into having sex. Uh, it was just, it was just from a confidence point of view, it was terrible. And mm. my husband's sixty sixty one, but has the the libido of a seventeen year old. So mm. that used to put a, a strain on our marriage. Now. Um, yes. Okay. It's so much better. It's, it's, it's in fact unbelievable. It's unbelievable. We do it, we, we, we do it regularly and, and my confidence is better. I feel better, but my libido has increased, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So from a sex life point of view, it can only get better. Good. Your husband is a little jealous of you. I'm sure men are making eyes at you and his friends are looking at you in a different way. Um, I mean, that has to be. Well, yes. So, so become more affectionate <laughs> and, and on a regular basis say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I mm. need you. I need you. I need you. Mm. And, uh, you know, it ain't going to be better anywhere else. So that constant reinforcement, that act of work in the marriage where it used to be just sort of taken for granted. But now that act of work is, is nice and reassuring. Mm. Liz, your ex, have mm-hmm. you seen him around? Has he seen how you look? He so, has. Yeah. Hasn't really commented. Yeah. I'm sure his eyes nearly popped out. Yeah. He he hasn't said much. So mm. I'm not sure what he thinks, quite frankly. You haven't heard through the grapevine that my ex is looking gorgeous. <laughs> no, I, I haven't. Him, no. I've heard a few other things, but not that, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's Where to from here? I mean, what's happening with you two guys? Are you Are things good for both of you? Yeah. Business yes. is great. Yes. Um, the labor business is booming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us what you both do. Um, I have a labor practice. This is Leslie Ann, yeah. Yes, um, I have a labor practice, a small practice. and uh, What's it under? What's it under in terms of the name? Yes. It's called Labor, as in Leslie Ann Bennett, Employment Relations. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the name of the, of, this, of the business. And yeah, that's what I do. But my focus has improved. My confidence has improved. Everything has improved. Cool. Your business is your website, L-A-B-E-R dot C-O-Z-A. Leslie and Bennett. And you, Tess? It's amazing how our lives have run so parallel. Mm. Uh, I've known Leslie for 25 years, and we went on this weight loss journey. But professionally, I do exactly what Les does. I'm a labor law consultant, and um, so I call myself a human capital architect. Excuse the bullshit term, <laughs> but um, that's that's what that's what we do. Mm. So we consult to employers. On how to institute disciplinary action and take it further at the CCMA and mm. defend that. Okay, what's your business called? I'm Tessa Castle Consulting. Cool, K-A-S-S-E-L. That's right. There's a call online that I want to speak to. Hello. Hello. This is Philip Castle, your husband. <laughs> oh, you are joking. No, absolutely not. Philip, your <laughs> wife said your sex life is booming since uh, um. since surgery. You know, they, they say that uh, you really shouldn't um, tell all. You should keep the the <laughs> listeners in suspense. Oh, you but um, I, I would like to add something and say that uh, this woman that you are talking to right now was absolutely exceptional in every respect when I first married her. But seeing her confidence grow and seeing 
the wonderful person Bloom, who was inside that fat body all the time, um, accompanied with the dramatically improved health, uh, which therefore improved her lifestyle and improved her confidence, I need to say that whatever type of sex life we had in the past, currently there is absolutely nothing that can compare. And uh, I put it all down to her because she did this. Uh, I'd like to say that I encouraged and supported her every single step of the way, primarily because of health reasons. But what this surgery did for her has changed her. She is an incredible person, and uh, I'm incredibly proud of her. I've read uh, all over, and I think Leslie Ann mentioned it, that the side effects of the surgery is often that marriages change dramatically and uh, people get divorced. I, I don't wish that on you in a million years, but is your marriage getting better? And, and why should it change to the detriment uh, of, of the two of you? Why does I, will, yeah. you, I will tell you, Gary, that um, if marriages change for the worse, mm. then the problem is not with the person who's had the bariatric surgery. The problem is with the partner. And that yes. partner, and I'm, that, I'm the partner in this particular situation, mm -hmm. is a person who doesn't have self-confidence and probably suffers from an insecurity complex. I'm only too proud to have people look at me, because uh, look at my wife, mm -hmm. because um, I, know, I know where she puts her shoes uh, every night. Um, I know that she comes back to me. Uh, and it's all based on a trusting relationship. And you need to... Uh, look to the initial reasons why it is that your relationship flourished and boomed. Yeah. So I think that people who are uh, eventually divorced from each other because of this had a problem and that problem has merely just surfaced. If you are two strong personalities who love each other, then having something like this can only enhance and improve and strengthen and extend that relationship. Phil, to, <clears throat> excuse me, to our many listeners listening who may be considering this kind of surgery um, as a spouse, if you were the spouse of one of these per, uh, people, would you, would you go with it? Would you recommend that they should do it? Yes, but I must say that uh, what Tessa mentioned earlier on about the support system, about uh, Professor Tess and uh, Dr. Fetter, it comes with additional support. And the support is the form of psychologists and therapists and nutritionists uh, and psychiatrists. And uh, that also includes the partner. Um, that person's partner needs to be understanding and needs to know that there are reasons why bariatric surgery has been applied in this particular case, that you can't expect things to go back to normal. You need to be an understanding partner. You need to go through that psychological change with them because they realize that their lifestyle has to change, and the lifestyle change changes ultimately to improve and extend their lives. Um, mm. But you can't expect things to be today you're fat, tomorrow you're thin, life carries on. There needs to be a lot of communication, a lot of understanding, a lot of compromise as far as the partner is concerned because life will be different. And that's why that love is so important and that love endures and ensures that the marriage or the relationship will continue for a very, very long time. 
Your Nothing. share price just increased uh, exponentially <laughs> as we're sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to comment on what Philip said or you go along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had my gastric bypass surgery after I got divorced. Mm. So it, it didn't happen simultaneously. But I think that my being overweight was definitely a contributing factor in terms of why I failed in my marriage. Mm. Um, and I think two parties failed in a marriage. But essentially, I think from my point of view, if I hadn't to put on so much weight, I think that life may have been different. Mm. If I can comment, um, it's very important to um, embrace the team dynamic uh, when you are considering the surgery. My surgery was postponed a number of times because uh, psychologically I just wasn't ready for it. I couldn't let go. Mm. Um, I would like to tell you about... Let me just say goodbye yeah. to Philip. Uh, uh, Philip... You Tessa's yep. husband, many thanks. I looked at the before pic, I think it's the after pic, and you're in a red checked shirt. I think you've, your, your book, you may need to consider surgery <laughs> yes, for yourself. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that. Hey, fat boy. Philip, because you've been so nice to your wife and complimentary, I'm just going to announce that you are an executive financial advisor Brumer Agency and one of Liberty Life's best performing financial advisors. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. Okay, Thank so you, sir. Anyone who needs financial assist, advice, not assistance, uh, you're the man to see. Philip Castle. Thank you. Thank you for this, Philip. We'll talk to okay, you again. Okay, bye, guys. Good. Bye, Sorry, Phil. Tess, you were saying. I wanted bye. to say that um, I, was, uh, I was scheduled for a gastroscopy so that, so that we could have a look in terms of how ready I was for the surgery and what was going on down there. And uh, Prof. Tess and Gary Fetter consult after hours. And I was, I actually sat in the waiting room for a long time, but I, I, you know, you have to prepare for a procedure the night before you have to stop eating at a certain time and stop mm. drinking. So I said to the, the two of them, what is the absolute last minute that I can graze? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And I was having, I had to, I had to go clean, um, cold turkey and I had to be at the hospital by six o'clock the next morning. It was half past eight at night. I raced out of that parking lot. I don't even think security could even stop me. I raced out of there. I drove so fast to the closest 24 hour wimpy that I could find. Ooh. I got a <laughs> double cheese and bacon burger. <laughs> An extra large portion of chaps and a double thick strawberry milkshake. I didn't even take my shoes or my bra off because when you're a fat girl, your bra, it, it kills you. you. The first thing you do when you race home is you take your bra off because you can't breathe. Your tits are so constricted. So I raced at home. I, I hoovered in that burger so quickly because I was watching the clock and I managed to finish it at half past nine just in time. The next morning when I had my procedure, I was shaken awake by the anaesthetist who was screaming at me saying, what was the last time you ate? What was the last time you ate? Gary Fetter hauled me over the coals because what I had done was I hadn't chewed my food properly. (laughs) The food was still undigested in my stomach at 10 o'clock in the morning because I had this compulsion to eat. And to, to go without it was absolutely mind-boggling for me. So I put them at risk and I put myself at risk. Yeah, that'll teach you. Yes, it will. Okay, so um, let's talk lastly, before we say goodbye to you both, the benefits and the disadvantages, if any, of, of the surgery. 
benefits I think we've heard a lot of, but you can su- summarize it and yeah, sum up for I, I, us. Yeah, I think it's important to note that the medical aid considers this to be, you know, for your health. So this mm. isn't a cosmetic thing. I mean, I just feel I have no ailments, no high blood pressure, cholesterol. I have n- none of those issues. So mm. I think it's a health issue. In terms of the detriment, th- there's there's so little. On the odd occasion, I'd like to still eat, you know, half an ox on the spit, but I can't do that because I simply can't fit it in. But the pros are just so much greater than mm. than the downside. Going out with friends is no treat anymore. You can't you can't drink alcohol too much, can you? Well, no, um, you in fact they tell you pre-surgery you will not be able to drink alcohol ever again ever again why because of the well the what happens is that you with the with the digestive enzymes being affected mm. the fact is that you are not physiologically capable to break down the alcohol so what happens is you're literally pouring ethanol Alcohol onto your organs because it is not broken down and metabolized like normal people. Mm. And there are studies that are done, unfortunately, of people two years post-op who do continue to drink alcohol, unfortunately become chronic, chronic alcoholics. Oh, really? Chronic alcoholics, and a lot of them uh, need liver transplants afterwards. So alcohol is something that you will have to remove from the equation as well. It's just—it's a serious life change, isn't it? I mean, food and alcohol. Yeah, food and alcohol. I mean, pizza and wine. Yes. You know, and uh, uh, but unfortunately, you just cannot do it. So my advice is just do not drink alcohol. At all. You won some kind of award test, didn't you, from the the clinic or the hospital? What was it? Um, I was patient of the week at the beginning of April because um, five years post-op, I have Mm. been a very compliant patient. I've done Mm. everything the team has instructed that I do. And um, my weight loss has has been maintained and my blood work has come back that everything is fantastic. Kidneys, liver... Heart, everything. I have no blood pressure issues, no cholesterol. I have no uh, gastrointestinal issues. In fact, uh, my gynecologist said to me, do you want to become an egg donor? Previously, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome, and now I'm qualified as an egg donor. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Mm. Absolutely. Les, before we let you go, Mm. what you want to say anything? Have you said it all? Yeah, look, advantages, I, it, it's totally changed yeah. my life, and yeah. uh, and I'm very pleased that I did it. Mm. Um, but it's not for everybody, and it's also not for the faint-hearted. Yeah, I think people may. Th- I said earlier, is it a cop-out? It's anything but. No. Yeah, life changes drastically, and you've and uh, in every way, I wow. guess. This yeah. is not for sissies, absolutely not. Yeah. But but is so rewarding, mm. and and can be done. And there's so many support groups. So, um, yeah, give us a call. Uh, where are these support groups if people want to have a look? And well, the center at uh, Netcare Waterfall City oh. holds information sessions on a Tuesday night, and it's done by the psychologist. So your family is invited, and um, you can attend a session where it is all discussed and all myths are dispelled. So oh. um, go on to the the website. The S, the CEMMS Waterfall City website and you'll be able to see the information sessions there. There's a host of information there. Are there any Facebook groups that you know of? Yes, the SEMS Waterfall face, face, Facebook group. 
Um, I nearly said faith book group <laughs> because you need faith for the for this you know, yeah. your faith book. Um, so yes. Yeah, good lines. Anything? It was quite oh, good. A, yeah, it was brilliant. It's an eye opener, isn't it? Yeah, it very yeah. much of an eye opener. Because sometimes, yeah. as people on the other side of the fence, we look at other people and we start judging them without fully understanding the journey of what is actually going on in their minds. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I I feel like I want to run around with Doctor Skitter's card and hand it out because <laughs> yes. now when I see a very overweight person, I want to say to them, you know, there is help available. Yeah. Here's the card. Um, yeah, don't you don't you look at very overweight people in a different way, Nates? Shame. Uh, we have a, a little saying. Oh God, there goes a candidate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, good. it's it's quite yeah. informative, and I think what you've this kind of information is very important, especially to other people, so that they get to be encouraged that somebody has walked in my shoes and they know what I'm going through, and as a result, they can always touch base with you guys just to get some moral uh, support and information, just so that they can be empowered. Yeah. Well done, and kudos to you guys for this uh, step. I mean, it's a you. It's a giant step. It's a giant step. Good Thanks. stuff, Lance. Thank, yeah. Thank you. Okay, to our listeners, uh, thanks so much for listening. It's You've been listening to Tessa Castle and Leslie Ann Bennett. Terrific stories. Love amazing these stories. Story. You're amazing. Until next, in the next Tuesday or whenever, uh, no, see Tuesday. you there. Yeah, yeah we're here Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, thanks for thanks listening. You, Gary. Goodbye, thanks everyone. so much. Cheers. Bye. Bye. This is CliffCentral.com.